This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Got a cool hat on. I'm feeling cool. That is a cool hat. Right? And it's a it's a bold olive green that you don't see it much. Uh, it's a sage. Sage. Yeah, it's oh, a sage. Gorgeous. Sage. And uh, cool I like color. your jacket. You thought I was making fun of your vest, but I dig it. No, it's, I knew you would. You're a rock very, and roll guy. Uh, mis- we got Misfits. You got... Uh, Willie Nelson. Did, oh, Willie. Have you Black seen Willie Black. Live? I have, yeah. We're on, by the way. This is how I do Oh, okay, cool. I'll introduce you later. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you see Willie? I saw him at one of my first jobs ever. I worked at the coach house in San Juan Capistrano. Oh, wow. And his wife used to come in there all the time. And then one time, Willie did a show. Oh, that's it great. Was amazing. It was a small spot. Small spot. Maybe, f- and it's a supper club. Oh, cool. So they'd come in, they'd have sort of a cruise ship style level food, you know, but like okay. old school cruise ships. Cool. And then people would sit at these long tables like uh like the last supper and then and then the show would start it was killer oh that's great yeah really cool yeah i never i never got to see him in small venue i saw him at radio city and then um they had some outlaw music tour with sturgill simpson and a bunch of people oh wow in jersey and we saw him outside but uh yeah he still sounds amazing he does like even in his 80s or you know his voice still sounds great his you could tell a little bit he was struggling a little bit with the guitar like you know with well i mean how would you not you know at a certain point in your life but he was still but that did not deter him at all yeah he's like one of those guys he's like i'm still gonna play this solo (laughs) yeah i'm still gonna twang it out i love but uh, I want you think um, you see guys like that, and I wonder, you know, it's like I would hope that when we're you know late in our eighties or whatever, we're still doing this thing called stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I would hope, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't a see whole why lot not. Of older guys doing it though. Like I, saw, you know, Rickles and all those famous guys. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, you don't see too many guys like way up there. There's like a guy named Barry Ribs that always comes around. But yeah, <laughs> such a great name, Barry Ribs. Do you know? Him? I don't know, but I love him. He always comes around, and, it, and he's like, and he's still kind of getting guest spots, which is fine. And I'm not trying to. He's gonna kill me because he listens to the podcast. But one night, I, I don't like burning people because I really feel that it's like. I, I'm just not into it. I'm not into yeah. the roasting thing. I'm really not. You know, sure. I'm a nice guy. People You're think I'm an asshole nice guy, just because yeah. I don't bug him or whatever. But I'm a nice guy. And he was hanging out one night, and there was a kid with a skateboard. Uh-huh. And this guy is, he's well into his late 70s. And there's a in the gray hair. He looks like uh, Back to the Future guy. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> Doc? Doc, yeah. yeah. It looks like Doc from Back to the Future. And so some kid had a skateboard, this guy, Josh Weston, whatever. And he was like, so he just said something effective. How old is too old to ride a skateboard? And then I look at him and I said, how old is too old to be hanging around for guest spots? Like, <laughs> 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 and, such, and I felt bad, but it was so good that I didn't. You know, when it's good, yeah, like, it's totally, good. It's good. Yeah. I'm, so the I'm guy doesn't like roasting that yeah. much. You got him right in the heart. Do, do you do roasting at all? Have you done any of those? No, you things? know, I did it once it's, and uh, at, at at a comedy store in L.A. Oh wow, roast yeah, battle. That's, that's the best place to do it. It was great, and I had one 
really great burn, but it was so, and it was a guy that I'm friends with. Oh, and it was one of those things where they say, you know, it's roast battle, so it's funnier if it's mean. And I said this thing, <laughs> he had just broken up with his girlfriend uh-huh. and he's kind of a feminine looking dude. And I go, uh, I go, Hey, I heard you. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm like blank. I heard you broke up with your girlfriend and you still live together. Not only do you look like a lesbian, you break up like one too. <laughs> and the whole it's room. Great. And it was like, you know when someone dies and you see the life leave their body? It yeah. was like that. Yeah. <laughs> but with joy leaving his body. He was like, it's not yeah. fun anymore. I've talked about this a few times. I just think I'm too mean. Like I am nice and everything, but yeah. there's, a, there's a mean streak to me. And yeah. and I know so much about everybody that I really feel like I get you know really deep into stuff about people they probably wouldn't even know that I yeah. know about. And I, I don't know. That's just a stuff fun to me. Like I, I, I will destroy an audience member. Like I will say the most sure. nastiest things to an audience member because they're not part of my foxhole. Sure. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not they're not in you know, this thing, this band of brothers, you know. hundred so, percent. But sometimes I, I feel guilty like kinda you know, but I, I don't know. I just don't know if I get I don't know if I could do it. I've been asked to do it, I've written for people, but I just don't know. You know what I think there's two kinds of people yeah. with the roast battle world. I think there's uh and I think the majority of people are the first, which is good guys trying to be bad. Yeah. And then there's bad guys who are trying to be good. Sure. And I think the bad guys that are trying to be good are guys that are like genuinely funny comics. But yeah. if, 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 that fl- if that switch flips, yeah. it's ugly. And everybody else trying to get into the stand. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other group. Everybody's, uh, yeah. you know. Well, they use it. I mean, because I didn't have that growing up. We didn't have like, it's a nice footing to kind of get into like even television. Sure. Like we didn't, there was no like roast battle. It was just like you did Letterman or you didn't, you know. It was yeah. just like a whole like now. It's like it, it is a good stepping stone to something else. And if you're a decent comic or become a decent comic, it's not a horrible thing. No, not at all. I, I, just, mean, I genuinely know. enjoy watching it more than doing it. <sighs> it's hard to yeah. watch sometimes. Yeah. I like watching the old roast, you know, yeah. Muhammad Ali and like, you know, Dean Martin and all that. I yeah. I can't really. And then I was really good friends with Gerald, Greg Geraldo. And it's oh, like, wow. I thought he was such a good roaster. Oh, he was amazing. He was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Larry the Cable guy one? No. Oh. I, I mean, I saw it, but I don't remember. Uh, he's like, so funny. He's like, how are you so famous? Oh, that's why right. Are you, <laughs> why do people like you? Yeah. Like, he generally had a breakdown. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> how are you this big? Like, it was literally, you could tell it was all real. Like, it was just yeah. fake or anything. He was like, how is this possible? <laughs> It's so funny, especially (laughs) the way there's something about the way he said when he was in that energy and he said how, like, remember when he was talking about the street performers singing uh, uh, acapella and he's like, how did these people meet? Right. There's something about the way he said that how when you knew it was like the launching of a rocket. I never quite zeroed in on that, but that's true. Yeah. He's he was one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. I really uh, love to hear him talking about what's happening now. Oh, it's absolutely. He's such a great stand-up. Such a great stand-up. Yeah. And also such a – I think it's because of his attorney background. Yeah. He's such a great debater. You know, and I think yeah. a lot of times oh, in comedy I look at like if everybody's getting information from the same source, then how are you going to be different, you know? Mm. And I'm at the part of my career now where I'm like, okay, I, I proved I could be funny, but now i got to be figure out how to be different in the right sure. way, you sure. know? And so I started going like – where can I get inspiration from that's outside of comedy? And I kept looking at Geraldo and going, I wonder how much of his phenomenal bits yeah. came from being a, a phenomenal debater. 
Yeah, no, I like the idea of that. Just like de almost debating a premise, I think is a good way to yeah. look at it. Because I feel like a good, you know, edgy bit or whatever, you got to see both sides. You got to look at it from both Exactly. Because I'm doing like political stuff and it's, but I make sure because I'm doing it on the road and it's very split out there. So yeah. you have to find a way to kind of make fun of both sides or look at it from both angles. And I think 100%. a guy like that was really good at that kind of comedy yeah just, like his material was just yeah it was just it was broken up like the thing he did about the uh you know the uh, civil war letters and like, yeah oh and it's then, so good <laughs> and now he would talk about you know Dear Marie. <laughs> in the desert <laughs> yeah <laughs> hot as fuck out here like yeah like just yeah like that bit was said so much you know so great about kind of where we evolved and devolved you know yeah so yeah. i even thought about the debate thing when you were talking to bargazzi mm -hmm. and he was talking about uh yeah. the trump stuff yeah he loves, and he, he loves trump yeah. he, and he was like he loves trump. everyone's yeah. talking about yeah. how much they hate trump it's a him. perfect time to kind of talk about the counter argument yeah. and the way he did it was so self-deprecating yeah that even if you hated trump you still loved nate for doing the bit it was still funny yeah he you know i mean my family half of my you know they love him you know and yeah. it's just like i want to do a podcast you know kind of like dealing with that with, with like families and people that you know it's like you you love somebody but then you hate everything they believe in yeah you know? <laughs> so yeah it's like i feel like that happens a lot you know yeah it happens with crowds too i think there's a lot of times you get on stage and you could just you like hate the people you're performing in front of but mm. you know but you got the gig you know you're getting paid you're getting whatever and you could just but you sense a lot of times with me it's like i'll sense that they aren't my people you know what i mean like yeah. they don't have the views of life that i have and, and you still got to entertain them which is a weird thing yeah you know when you get in front of crowds that you just don't like i don't know if that if you feel that from crowds or yeah i mean i yeah. do sometimes it's funny though because i felt that from my own family okay because i had a muslim dad and a jewish mom okay so i've always i mean that literally the first time anybody said a mean thing about me was when i was in my mom's womb <laughs> and they called me a bastard you know a muslim bastard <laughs> jeez you got heckled hard <laughs> it was crazy yeah. and then when i was born i got it from yeah. the other side like yeah. both sides of my family would trash me or trash the other half of the family That's you know hilarious. so like even though so you got bullied before you even went to school oh dude i got bullied before i could walk <laughs> You kidding? It was insane, but it was it was a thing now where like I'm kind. I think I grew a callus to okay. being able to perform for people that don't like me, okay. because at a very early age I learned something that a lot of people learn a lot older, which is even if someone hates you, mm -hmm. if you stay if you stay a decent person, you might change their mind. Yeah, you're a good person, um, and uh, I don't say that too often oh, that, like you're super nice you have a good energy um you're really picking up momentum in your second wave of life i feel that thanks man you look better you're in shape like like, you're, like i, I can really tell you're doing that. some you know you're doing some work on yourself in a positive yeah. way you move back to new york like there's you know there's a lot of you know energy about you and then you walk in and you you're grateful you know and I am. uh <laughs> Yeah, for a spot or for this or that, you know, to just talk to people, you know, it's like, it's nice because it's, it's rare, you know, yeah. when a comic has a positive aura about them. And it's just like, cause you don't, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people on the bitter bus and all that stuff. So yeah. So it's, it's a weird it's nice. business, you know. I think it brings. First of all, thank you so much for saying that. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I've been yeah. going to therapy for a long time because it's, it's good. It's working. It's, it's crazy that yeah. you noticed. I didn't. <laughs> like it almost feels like you just you, you like you told me you could see that I have a third nipple. I was like, how did? It's like you know this stuff. I was like, how did he know? Like everything yeah, you said is because totally... I do a lot of work on myself. So it's like, no, you seem stripped down from the last time I was around. Oh here. wow! You, you know, it was like a different. 
there's a different thing going. Yeah. You know, you're a, totally right. I mean, yeah. I, I've been through some, uh, heavy stuff and I finally yeah. just said, you know, this is stupid. You know, I got to start going to therapy. And then too, I had like a mom that loved me unconditionally sure. and was watching me make stupid 20 year old mistakes in my forties, yeah, yeah, you know, or like yeah. I had a really bad cocaine problem sure. and, and just, it was hard to get up and even give a fuck. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and then you get into comedy where if you're, if you're in a bad place in comedy, it's really easy to see the glass half empty in comedy. You know, like I, I think there's no gray in comedy. It's black or white. There's all these great people who, like you were saying with Dante in that po- podcast, like, you know, you could get older in life and you're still really giggly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of comedy. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden you're in, all of a sudden you're around this pool of people where a lot of people are like, what can I get from you? And that's the worst energy in the world, you know, or even if you're trying to approach someone as just a human being and then they have this defensiveness, like, I know you want something from me. And I'm like, dude, take a breath. I'm being a human. I'm not asking you for a thing, (laughs) you know, like chill out a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an aggressive culture. It is. right, And it's, it's gotten a little worse, you know, I feel like it's a, yeah. And you, yeah. I mean, man, it's like LA. I mean, like you did comedy out there. Did you start out there? I started out there, but left immediately. Rough place to start. And, uh, yeah, they ain't just giving it to you out there. Oh yeah. They're going to, and it's, and I respect that in some ways, you know, it's like, you really got to like get in and like work for the club or do something like it's like you know a lot of times i see people you know kind of get it quick because they have a friend that produces a show or, da, 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 or sure. da, you know it's this whole thing and they get it quick and then uh, they're usually not as funny when they didn't have to work as hard for I it i totally you agree. know because they, they take it for granted they hack kind of calm like it's a it's a whole thing that happens with guys that didn't really have to get it and work for it you that's know? the justice of the art yeah you know what i mean no matter sure. how big the business gets the art will win I agree. You know, I've, I've told my yeah. friends that, like, who are sometimes struggling on the business side. I go, when the art makes you, when the business makes you thirsty, drink from the art. You know, and yeah. if, if there's times where I feel like I've been done wrong or things aren't fair and I get into my miserable woe is me, sure. I start writing. Yeah. I start writing more. I double up on the time I'm writing. And then all of a sudden, I'm falling back in love with my own writing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my batteries are full again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the business doesn't matter. Just stay focused on what you want to do, what you want to say, what brings you joy, like yeah. that little Japanese lady was saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> and throw everything else out. It doesn't yeah. have to be just with clothes. It could be with like feelings or impressions of people or like. That is good though with the clothes. Have you it is good. <laughs> yeah. I threw away about 70 hats. Did you really? <laughs> cowboy hats. <laughs> There's a Salvation Army with like freaking 60 cowboy hats. It's Shit, hilarious. man. Why didn't you tell me? I'm, I'm like, well, a I still got plenty more. I got like 50 more. I'll give you one. I got all kinds of hats. Yeah. Um, but no, I, that's that's definitely, you know, Marin always said that when you feel like low or whatever in comp, right, just right. Yeah. And you'll feel better. And I love his story his story is the greatest story in showbiz in I my agree. opinion I agree. because he's always been funny he was he was our hicks like he was smart he was different yeah. uh he you know he took it on the chin a lot yeah. especially in the club circuit any place yeah. that had a the word funny in the sign you know like, <laughs> sometimes it didn't always work yeah. with those crowds so he paid his dues and like worked his ass off and then kind of just you know and was rejected a lot and yeah. like they tried to they tried to make him like a TV talk show, and they did all that shit. And then and just to watch what happened to him and how he was able to kind of, you know, kind of create almost the pioneer of what we're doing right now and, like, start this whole movement of that and then just being him, just yeah. basically branded him as him and didn't need to try to compromise and try to, like, 
to go after what was out there, but just made his own his own path. Yeah. And then watching that turn into like you know, and then became a good actor out of that. Like how a that really good actor. How that- he just got so a podcast. The next thing you know, he's got a show and a thing, and then he's like really an actor. Yeah. And so it's like he really and he, you know, it's just it. I love it because even if like Marin's one of those guys that's kind of weird with you or whatever, you still root for somebody's art. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's certain people that like they might be kind of weird off stage, but on stage, even with Louis of all the stuff. When he when he grabs the microphone, I'm like, I, I can't not respect him. Sure, you know, I can disrespect all the other shit, and but at the same time, it's like there's just certain guys that like, you know, and Marin's one of those guys for me. Where it's yeah. like he might get him in a mood off stage, like, this guy's a dick, but when he's his art is really makes up for it. You know, it's I like, totally agree. Like people are like Picasso burn girls with cigarettes. Like yeah, but did you see Garnica? You know. <laughs> 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 there, there's a sense of me that's like ah, I gotta separate it, you know. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Like separating the art from the artist. I mean, I I have like twelve Bill Cosby albums I still listen to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's important too. I, yeah. I think the art is not human. The art is a is a separate entity. Yeah. You know, and like hating, you know, if somebody has a bad dad, do you hate the kid? No, it, it's a Sometimes. kid. I mean, with yeah. this administration. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, that totally ruined that metaphor. <laughs> but yeah, you know, listen, it, it, there's just people are not people make a lot of mistakes and have we evolved absolutely is there a software update for how to treat women how to treat gay people how to speak absolutely there's a software update but and some of us are smartphones but some of us are flip phones and we don't have the hardware to download it and you sometimes there's two things i think once one thing is you got to give people a break and you have to give them an opportunity to learn and if you just yell at them the first time they make a mistake you're shutting down their ability to learn there's no teacher in the world that's you know when a kid gets something wrong you go you're fucking idiot racist pig you know misogynistic prick people want to be liked you know even even trump i I think there's more good people than bad people and i think sometimes i understand the anger that comes out of people that have been experienced prejudice or racism or sexism but i think they have to find their humanity back a lot there's a lot of revenge and we're gonna i'll show you by being just as bad as you and i don't think that helps anybody well i thought um Joaquin Phoenix, his uh, acceptance speech. Beside, I mean, the, the cow stuff was a little much, but the stuff about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love that he was going here. for it. Though. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been drinking almond milk for like four years, so it's cool, dude. I ain't, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the stuff about like redemption and like a second chance, and yeah. you know, that stuff was great because you know, it's like I feel, and it, as I'm sitting and listening to you, I started, you know thinking about Louie, and I know we just can't stop talking about it, but one last thing. I feel like... This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
you know, as much as people say that you're born, you know, homosexual or born asexual or born bisexual, whatever it is, I, you know, I, there is a thing in him that's born that that gets him off. You know, yeah. like it's just that that's because that's not something that, like I could never jerk off unless somebody's nude. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's just hanging out watching me. Like, yeah, it's so that. weird. There's no way I could do that. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? If we're both naked, yeah, sure, I've been down that road. I mean, that's fun, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just oh, dressed yeah. and you're just looking at me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So that must be his thing. I don't know why. I just I just kind of went there. But, no, you're, you know. you're, you're right, though. No one knows what it's like unless but you put yourself. That's his thing. You, know? you have to be able to empathize with people if you want yeah. to have a real, honest dialogue. I don't think and he wants I don't... to do that. Uh, yeah, it's not like he wants to do that. He's literally made jokes about it, about how he's a creep, and he thinks of yeah. himself as a creep. He said it. Sure. He admitted it to the public the way a serial killer leaves clues. Yeah. Like, and I think it was his way of wanting help, wanting to figure things out. That's what he is. He's a guy that tries to figure things out. Yeah. That's what all of us become as comics. We get addicted to trying to solve problems. And I, you know, I think people came down on him harshly, and I think time will – it doesn't mean that what he did wasn't wrong. It doesn't mean that those, those girls weren't right to be upset. Yeah. It just means that I, I think a lot of people went after him without first taking a very important step of going, what, what must it be like to, to be him? Yeah. You know, because he's not a regular dude, and, and he wasn't going through a regular experience. You know, so I, I, I think you got to do that. Yeah, I, you know, you could look at that with everything. You know what I mean? You could even look at that with uh, racism, you know? Sure. You can look at it like, uh, you know, because it's like, you know, I grew up in a family and it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I just didn't know certain things were bad because sure. of the environment that I grew up in. You know, I didn't know it was, was so bad to say the N-word or so bad to do a, an off-color joke or, you know what I mean? And my yeah. granddad was in the clan. Nobody really talked about it, you know? And it's like... You know, and then you you see people that are they're racist and stuff, and it's just like I'm not saying I mean they, they do know better, but at the same time, there's this thing that's like they're a product of that. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times they can't, you know, they can't really help themselves. And yeah. It's very similar in like an addiction or something. Of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's Most so... people wouldn't give you you know credit for saying that, but I don't know. I think you're 100% right. I have, like, friends of mine that were like, you know, oh, I can't believe Muslims this. I can't believe Jews that. And I go, listen, dude, if you were born where I was born and you never left, yeah. you'd be a Muslim. You wouldn't be like an Arab kid walking around with a Yankees hat on. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't have – you are a product of your environment. All of us are products of our environment. Yeah. And it's like, you know, of course we have – we put the frosting on top and do our own take, but – well, how long did you live in Egypt? I was there till I was eight. Oh, wow. And dude, you That's know what? That's a lot of time. Those are formative years. I, totally formative yeah. years. And it's not like people think. A lot of people think the immigrant story is you, you live in this poor place and then you come to a rich place. Yeah. Even, even a shitty apartment in America is better than where you came from. That's not true for a lot of immigrants. I came from a wealthy place and nice. a really nice apartment nice. and moved into the hood. In America. Wow. We went from having money in Egypt to my dad having to take two jobs and my mom having to take two jobs and me basically living alone, waking up, packing my own lunch, being a latchkey kid, coming home by myself, sometimes getting a kiss on the cheek from my mom getting home, sometimes going like two, three days without seeing my dad's face. What was the upside? The upside was something that I wasn't going to see till I was older, okay. but it was definitely freedom. Yeah. You know, freedom to be who who you but want you to be. You didn't know that 
yet as no clear. not at all i mean i went from a place where everybody liked me and and respected me and yeah. thought i was a cool little kid and and i was loved and yeah. then i got here and Here's the thing that's way before terrorism and racism. Yeah, you didn't really have that. There, there was no terrorism. Yeah. 9-11 didn't happen, but there were <laughs> gas prices. And I would watch TV, oh, dude. Seven Eleven jokes, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I'm not Indian, but yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're right. Are you kidding me? I would watch the news the way people yeah. would watch the weather. Yeah. If they talked on the news about gas prices going high mm-hmm. and about Saudi Arabia or about Arabs, even though I'm Egyptian, I'm like, yeah. oh, shoot, I'm going to get jumped at school. Because what would happen is their parents would be at home and go, goddamn Arabs. And then the kids would come to school and go, I know one of those. And then I get jumped. So I'd watch the news like, like, like the way an old man watches a stock market. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, like, Today's going to be awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised kids would have the insight to even know any of that shit. Well, they, they'd watch their parents. And they'd, they'd absorb the energy was, that their parents had. Okay, so it was common that you were Arab. Like that was Exa- the... They knew I was Arab because oh. I had an Afro and a weird name. And I didn't know, any, I didn't know what racism was. I didn't yeah. even connect the dots. And where is this? Were you California? L.A., yeah. Okay. East L.A., too. Like okay. a super Mexican neighborhood. The Mexican kids actually loved me because they respected me. Okay, so the Egypt. Mexicans weren't They were. It was it. the white kids in particular. White kids in particular were really. Was there a lot of white kids? That... There were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There, they, that's the thing that was funny is they were like the jocks and stuff in school. Okay, gotcha. But it was a, it was a, it was a trip. It was a trip <laughs> to come. Like I think a lot of people when they think of their youth, they remember a younger version of themselves. I remember when I used to be that guy. Okay. Like a completely different. Yeah. I don't think the way I thought when I was a little kid. I don't look the. I don't even. I think my face changed even. Yeah. When I go Your to face eat, changed since the last time I saw you. Oh yeah, lost I lost some weight. weight. Yeah. <laughs> but because I think it no like, glasses. You wore these huge glasses before. Yeah, that's you. true. Yeah, I lost <laughs> weight. I couldn't. The glasses didn't fit my head anymore. I'm like, I better get contacts. <laughs> I don't have any hair either, so it's like I've got my head got you, so small. No, yeah, good face. You cover it up. Like you were like a pr- the pretty girl that wasn't wearing the you know oh, wearing too nice. much makeup. Yeah, you I let it off. Let it dry. I was depressed, dude. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, so you know, I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I was hiding my face. Mm-hmm. You're not the first person to say that. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I did, it's yeah. so weird. Like you just do these things, like yeah, sure. kind of, kind of the old, the old caveman brain yeah, takes yeah. over and makes you do these little things that actually mean something when you don't think they do. Well, it probably goes back to you know being in school and all that stuff. Yeah, but that's, I mean. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's interesting how, you know, it's, you know, there's always that debate of like, do you have to have a horrible, you know, weird upbringing to be a better comic or whatever, but it definitely helps, you know, if yeah. you, if you, it keeps you kind of, you know, in this place where you're able to survive and that's yeah. kind of what stand up is. It's, it's, you grab the mic and you're trying to survive this moment. I mean, you're sharing your sense of humor and it's a fun time and everything, yeah. but a lot of it is survival, you know, hundred percent agree, especially to make a living at it. Like yeah. you, it's a survival. Like you gotta like be able to show up and do your job and everything goes well. And yeah. you crush on the first show, you crush on the last show. Like it's a whole thing. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, you know, dealing with all the shit we dealt with as kids. 100% agree. You know, I had a friend who's a Swedish kid who came to America and he's like kind of new to live comedy. Yeah. And he goes, Hey, what's the difference between stand up and improv? Yeah. And I go, oh, Improv kids come from good families. 
So they trust <laughs> groups of people. <laughs> and comics came from bad experiences, so they trust no one. That's so funny. And we'd rather be alone. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and improvisers, they trust those groups. And then he so started funny. laughing. He goes, no, no, I meant what happens on stage. <laughs> and then these other comics were like, dude, that's spot on. Really that is. is spot on. But yeah, I, I think so it's funny. true. It's it's almost like being a, a battered wife where you keep going for guys that abuse you because yeah. you'd rather be with something that's bad but familiar yeah. than something that's good that's unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're comfortable what in were that you, stuff. What were you good at besides comedy? What would be something like uh, that's kind of natural for you Com to do? Comedy's been something since day one ever since i was a you kid you don't have like another like another I, art i love the shit at. out of boxing oh you do like boxing. I, okay. I didn't pick being a good boxer okay. boxing kind of picked me nice i wouldn't say i'm a, I'm a good boxer I, i'd say oh, she weigh? Uh, 175 wow you're kind of in my weight group are you i, I heard you're fighting right you're gonna... i am yeah at the end of the summer i, I it, i'm pushing myself i like getting scared man i can't do drugs anymore <laughs> wow i don't so, do that right now oh That's man great. your That'd whole body fun. vibrates that be fun no i boxed the our whole family box oh wow i'm so golden my gloves i'm no golden way. gloves and everything yeah, you're yeah, kidding yeah. whole family yeah yeah wow my dad family. my dad was a boxer too he, oh, cool. he yeah. never taught me to throw a single punch can you believe it hilarious crazy with a name like Tamar, you know, you would. <laughs> you know what's funny? In America, it sounds so tough, and I made a point of it. You know, I'm a Tamar, it's like a hammer, but with a T. But in Egypt, they go, oh, what does Tamar mean? And then before I could answer, my mom goes, it's a fruit. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom! <laughs> and then uh, Catan, which is the famous Chris Catan's yeah. last name. So that's not, that's not a bad. Out of all the, like, you know, immigrant names, you could sure. have been a whole lot worse. Well, now as yeah. an adult, but when I was Tamar the butt rammer in fifth grade... <laughs> I didn't like that. You know, it's fun. I didn't even know they were making fun of me. I thought it was a name. I'm like, I got a nickname. I wrote it on my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks later, I'm like, you son of a bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, the youth. The youth of America. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's like, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I. You know, I feel like the... Just non-supervision is what ruined all of us, you know, as far as, like, yeah. no parents around is what killed, like, our lives, you know what I mean, as kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Like, we ran rampant in my neighborhood. Like, my parents were both working. They didn't give a shit. Like, it was like it was, it was like nine, left at home. Nobody, you know, nobody yeah. thought that, that that was bad. Like, sure. Now it's like you leave a nine-year-old at home, it's like you're going to get picked up. Sure. You know, but, na but in the 70s and 80s, nobody gave a shit. Oh, yeah. When you used to sit in the back of pickup trucks on the freeway and shit. <laughs> Rode, rode in the back of pickups. Yeah. Yeah. Now people wouldn't even put their dog back there. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> they put the, all their kids back there. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be the, and there'd be like seven of us back there you just riding though? down the freeway. I like that wildness, though. Oh, I do, too. I had a therapist. I wouldn't change anything. I had a therapist who came to a show because I was moving to New York, and he goes, oh, I can come to a show now, you know, since we're, you yeah. know, we're finishing our sessions. And I go, great. <laughs> he comes to a show. He got a little bit buzzed. Hilarious. And I think he fancied himself a, an artist, you know, because he writes and stuff. Okay. And he came up to me. He's he like, right. yeah, <laughs> he goes, he goes, I think I get it. I think I get the essence of this dynamic between the audience and comics. And I was like engaged because yeah. he does have a, a almost like an aerial view of life, you know, of how sure. people communicate. And yeah. he goes, he's all you guys are up there 
as wild animals and the people in the audience are domesticated animals they have a roof they like a dog they're like dogs they have a roof they have clean food clean water but they have to wear that leash which looks like a tie and uh, human, right that tie looks like a leash is what you guys are up there saying all the things that would get them in trouble oh uh, i see you guys are like wolves with patchy uh-huh. fur and, and and even though you're eating dead squirrels the dogs are like look at them run <laughs> look at look at him running through the park, <laughs> and I'm like, I like that. That's pretty amazing. There's yeah. a wildness to bad. us that I think is really important. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, can you imagine just being in an audience before you knew who Sam Kennison was? Like, oh yeah. Before you had ever, I mean, before he was famous even, and you're just sitting there, and this guy comes up, and yeah. he's like, ah, he's got the trench coat and the crazy hair, and the, yeah. just like that. You know, I have his hat. Do you really? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Carl LeBeau is, uh, a, yeah. is a, a sure. You know, his good buddy, and I. Yeah. They're out, outlaws of comedy, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. Carl was kind enough to. Uh, we were sitting in a backyard drinking whiskey and smoking a joint. Okay. This is a while back, and he um he had Sam Kinison's hat and Robin Williams hat, uh, and he's like, "I want you to have one," because we were talking about our dads, and we had so much in wow. talk about. Yeah. Talk about a kindness, you know? Yeah. Such a sweet guy. He's yeah. in Charlie Jarenter's backyard, the okay. guy that runs Laugh Your Asheville Off. And they are so sweet to me, so nice to me. That that hat, man, That's means. Your, which one is it? It's the, the black beret. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, but I know what you mean. There, there is. I remember the very first time I saw a comic, and it wasn't even a, the likes of a, a of a Kinnison, but yeah. like the first time I saw a comic come off stage, it was like, oh, this is what it must have been like to see like Superman if he was a real person, you know, like save a girl from a building. Do you remember the first comic you saw? I don't, but I remember it was at the Ice House. And it, was, it wasn't anybody famous. I remember it was just a guy doing comedy, and then he did some crowd work, and then he handled a heckler. And yeah. I was a little kid. My mouth was just wide open, like, wow. Interesting. It blew me away. My first comic was Mario Joyner opening for Kenny Loggins. No, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> we had gotten free tickets to see Kenny Loggins from the radio station. Dang, just own. And, and it was, yeah, it was a black guy, and I looked it up, and it was Mario Joyner. Like, That's he was, amazing. He was the first comic I saw. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and it, was, it was so weird. And, you did know. you connect with it? Like, did it make you go, I want to do what he does? Almost. I mean, it, was, it definitely planted the beginnings. And uh, the beginnings of it were like I, I just didn't understand it. I was like, well, "Who's what's he doing?" Like yeah. I, I was putting it all together. And then when people started to laugh, you know, I started kind of figuring it out. But it's, you know, that's a hard gig when you open for a musician. I'm oh sure yeah, you've done stuff where you're just like, "Oh my god!" All, all they want to see is the music. Dude, I opened for yeah. Lizzo. Oh wow! One time before I knew who she was. Yeah. Like this was at uh, Tree Fort okay. in in uh, Idaho. Okay. And then and then the, Emma, the one of the the people is running the festival goes, yeah. hey, we had a comedy fort, and then a music fort, and a yoga fort, and all these other forts. Yeah. And they go, uh, this band has to set up. Can you do like fifteen minutes? And they were all waiting for Lizzo. I'm yeah. like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they didn't yeah. care about me. They were just waiting for her. Oh. And she was amazing. Yeah, I've opened for a few things. Lone Star is like a big country band and stuff. Yeah, it's just always just like you just like, and then it's like, and then you didn't understand it, and there's always like six guys behind you doing chords and yeah, you know, putting in stuff. So it's like, yeah, you're just you're just filling time. That's it's all so true. Are. Yeah, you're just like, you're just turn on music. You don't need me right now. Yeah. Um, the so, therapist was like, look, you got a chair and a long black rope, just like a lion tamer. 
As he, I love that he's just fascinating. Oh, he was drunk as shit. Because <laughs> yeah. some of us are not wild. We don't wait till he meets like you know, uh, who's his name? Uh, who's the guy? A uh, Jewish kid over at the cellar, like um, Dan Natterman or something. You know, you'd oh, be yeah. like, this guy's not wild. Sure. <laughs> There's gonna be certain guys like that. You'll be like, well, you know, they're not all lion tamers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at the tribe he came from, he's Maybe. probably the wild one. He probably is. He probably, <laughs> like the other Natterman's else are is probably an accountant <laughs> and a lawyer. He's like, ah, this guy. Like the other Natterman's like, there's our wild one. <laughs> Hilarious. That's so funny. You're so true. <laughs> so funny. But uh, and then I remember I saw one comedian. I mean, I was a missionary in South America, and I came back to – the states i came back to live with my mom for a little while wow and uh so yeah i have this backstory of being a mormon missionary and this whole thing and, and um so i came back and then the first thing i had done my parents uh, my mom had remarried and everything and that was kind of a little weird i was trying to get to so it's like let's go to a comedy club and we'll just go to a comedy club to kind of like be my first thing out and then they set me up on a blind date so it was just like I'm a brand new Mormon return missionary. I've just been in South America for two years. And, wow. I, and I'm hanging out, and then my parents, like some girl that worked at the doctor's office of my mom or whatever. And so I'm on this blind date, and the second time I saw comedy, it was like at the Funny Bone in Arlington, Texas. And uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but I remember he had this joke. His is like It was like a callback, and it was his closer. And everybody went crazy for this guy. He's like a really heavy set guy with kind of a biker beard. And he did some joke. He said, you know, when he had to f give his dog medication, he would uh, wrap it in cheese and then, like, give the dog the cheese. And then, of course, the callback at the end when he wants sex with his wife, got to wrap it in cheese. And everybody <laughs> went crazy. <laughs> and they're like, ah! <laughs> and I, that's when I put together what a call, you know, re sure, referring to something. That. I don't know what that was, but referring to something again. And, and it started, it seemed interesting. And yeah. then watching my family go bananas for it. And I was just like, this is, this is something, you know, yeah. I started, and then I started, I don't know if I get it. You know, it wasn't like, Hey, I want to do that. But it was just like, this is an, I respected it as an art. Yeah. It was the first time I considered it an art form. Yeah. Because you know, before, I didn't even understand what it was. Same. Like Steve Martin was just running around being a maniac, and, and but I didn't know that was really art. Totally. You know? Dude, I was the same way. I remember these comics. They're like new comics. It was like six months in, and all over their social media, they're like, blank the comedian, blank the comedian. Dude, it took me three years before I would put comedian next to my name on any. Oh, that's so why I like media. you. I can tell you're like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the weirdest thing. It's I just have so much respect for it and for the the people that. It wasn't just that I respected what they did. It's the effect of what they did that it, the effect that it had on me. Yeah, I respected so much that I had to think of it as an art. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's definitely. Um... I mean, some people treat it like one more than others, for sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it is a weird thing because it's like, what well, I was trying to ask you what else you could You seem like you're artistic in other things. That's why I asked. Um, and the, it was interesting you said boxing. But, uh, well, because, you know, stand-up is kind of like boxing. 100%. There's you know, so many similarities. Yeah. There's a quote jabbing. I really like that where it goes, uh, knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in the muscle. Interesting. And there's something I love about that that I immediately go to boxing and comedy. Like if you're thinking, what do I do to avoid getting punched? You're already punched, right? Even even in boxing, you create a pattern so people think you're going to go left after you jab. They think you're going to, and then you dodge right and hit him with a cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you break you break patterns. Sure. That's that's the the essence 
of comedy and boxing. Yeah, yeah. There's so many similarities, especially once your body feels it, where you then it starts becoming like jazz. Well, after about <clears throat> pretty much after every fourth sh- fourth spot that I do, I always leave the stage with, with saying, "I never went down, Ray. I never went down. <laughs> 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 That's my go-to. I never went down, Ray. I, I never went it. down." Because <laughs> half the time they're so difficult, you're just like, "Hey, but I but I hung in there, you yeah. know." And, that, and boxing's like that; just hang in there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it, I had a, I had Ali sh- was so great because he hung in there. Yeah. He just he could take a punch and move, and that early yeah. stuff was great. Yeah. I had a set that was like that where I, I think if it was a few years before, I would have just walked off stage. Mm. It was that bad. Interesting. It was a really small room, yeah. and a big birthday party came in. Okay. So all of a sudden, it became their room, uh, yeah. and they were millennial girls Oof. and drunk. You can't be mean to them. You yeah. can't be mean to them. Yeah. And they, but they could be rude as all oh. hell. They oh. took over the show. Mm. I mean, it was to the point where they were sitting front row on their phones, yelling to each other, pouring drinks for each like just interrupting. Mm. And then I, I just snapped, you know, and I went because uh, I'm a bad guy trying to be good. And every once in a while I yeah. run out of gas, you know, and I just I get it. Sure. I just snapped. And then after the snapping, I'm like, oh, this is not going to get better. <laughs> you know, so I just stood there and I go, I'm not getting off the stage. This is yeah. my house. Sure. No, I'm going to finish my set. Yeah. I'm going to do my set. And I go, you know what? I also know that the other half of this room, they don't like them very much either. Oh, yeah. And they've been stealing the show. So then I just went into my set. And it went great. Nice. And I ended up ending the set with applause breaks. That's and it great. felt better than having a set that was just great from start to finish. I liked having to, to scrape back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go from being knocked down in the first round and then win at the end. Yeah, there is something That's kinda, the best. There is something kind of great about that when you just, that, that, you know, kind of turning it back around. That gives me more confidence than having a set that starts great and ends great, is actually having something go wonky and being able to save it. Yeah, I mean, I always call it um, conversion. You know, I love, like, the most people aren't going to like me out of the get-go, out of the gate or whatever. But it's like, hopefully, by the time this is over, I've converted you yeah. to my Dustinism or whatever it is I'm peddling up there. Yeah. But, you know, and the key is not getting off stage. Like, I like I, I was talking to some young comics the other night, and I said, I go, I'll you know, I go, if you pay me, then I can really coach you. But if you just want some bullshit advice, <laughs> if you pay me a hundred bucks an hour, then we can really talk. But if you want, to, you want me to just throw something at you, no matter how bad it is. Um, and I got this from Aaron. He told me we did a road gig together. Don't get off stage until you get the light. Yeah. Like just that's because they still got to pay you if you do your time. Yeah. But if you get off early. Yeah, that's debatable if they need to pay you or yeah. not. So I said, I go, just even if it's a guest spot or just do your time. Yeah, just wait till you get that. You can. I mean, I'll run, and sometimes I'll get that light, and pow, you know, yeah. there's no one minute light. Like I'm out, <laughs> and that's fine as long as the sure. MC's there. Yeah. But you know, and, and it's mean, healthier for your me- mentality. I think yeah. if you get off quick, it's not just about getting paid the day yeah. of but it's it'll haunt you that'll be a ghost that lives in your house oh yeah unless you leave i heard a comic say this thing that made me laugh so hard he goes have you ever had a set where you did so bad you never wore that outfit again <laughs> dude i have 10 hats that are with salvation army because of that <laughs> bad set <laughs> hats bad set hats <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
bomb hats. We oh, call that's them. so funny. Oh, well, I yeah. can't call it that. I'm an Arab, so that's I true. Can't. That's true. Well, you could, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, well, all that is interesting. You, you know, it's so cool. That you have Kinnison's hat. You know, I think. Oh yeah, man. I feel probably lucky. a pretty lucky hat. I think he did his uh, his first special in that hat. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think he did uh, the one that they filmed maybe at the store, uh, the, um, the Palladium. At the Palladium, you know that one where he's on the ground in the necrophilia. Yeah. Thing? I think that. I think it's that hat. Oh wow. I think it's one. But he. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that. Uh, I mean, I was talking the other day. I mean, it's like, can you imagine Steve Martin not in a white suit? Yeah. Like, what would have happened? It, uh, I think the whole thing would have been totally different. Yeah, I think you're right. It would have been a completely different thing. Yeah. You know, like if if you know Andy Kaufman never did an Elvis thing. Like, there's certain things that people did that just really just kind of just formed into these huge things. Absolutely that. right. I think everybody yeah. finds, like, I think in the, in the automotive industry they have these. They have two kinds of – even if they're selling 15 cars, yeah. they have one car that's a volume car. Yeah. And then they have another car that's the hero, right? Yeah. Like Nissan has the Z, yeah. which is the car that everybody aspires to. Sure. And then they have like the Corolla. Yeah. Which is, it's, it, but when people get the Corolla, they want a piece of, the, of that hero car. Sure. McDonald's has the Big Mac, the one thing. Even though I haven't had a Big Mac in years, but you got to have that one yeah. thing that just clicks and is the perfect formula. I think it's the same with comedy, like the yeah. white suit for Martin or the hat yeah, yeah, yeah. for Kinnison. Did you see uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Not yet, but okay. it's on my. I want to see that. They bad. really tap into what you just said. Oh, really? Because yeah, I think it, the whole thing is a kind of like the the idea of you know of of like Ford just being this like just mass production and how Ferrari was like the the artist, yeah. you know, and then they were just like this, you know, kind of just big, huge warehouse, just pumping them out, pumping them out. And then Ferrari was like, you know, the Michelangelo of the, you know, sure. so it's like, yeah, the idea of kind of that is there, you know, you need this like aspiring, somebody to aspire to. And that was the race car. And that's why they yeah. did the whole thing. That's great. To kind of like brand that image. Yeah. It makes sense. It's funny. Yeah. It should, like I, I worked in advertising for a long time before I got into comedy. Oh, cool. Because as an immigrant, I didn't know there was no Google Map from open mic to fan. I didn't know how you could become a comic. I, I thought you yeah. had to have a family in entertainment. You know, you kind of do. You kind of <laughs> do. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I got into advertising because I'm like... To kind of get to that level, I mean, it doesn't hurt. It, it helps a lot, yeah. I've seen it. It's oh, yeah, crazy. we're all seeing it yeah. Yeah. every day. But the uh, the idea of like uh, getting into advertising was I could get paid for being funny. Okay. And I remember working on Harley-Davidson, and this guy sees my tattoos. He's like, oh, finally, got a strategist on the account that rides. And and I looked at my account guy because I knew he lied to the client. And I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't ride motorcycles. He goes, you don't ride motorcycles. And I go, no. He goes, so how are you gonna, what are you going to teach me about my clients? I go, I'm not here to duplicate your skill set. I'm not – I don't work for you. I'm here to complement your skill set. I'm also, you tell me what you make, and I'll help you figure out what you sell. Cool. And he goes, we make and sell the same thing. We make and sell motorcycles. And I go, no, you make motorcycles. I think what you sell is freedom. And then he, like, looked at me, looked at the count guy, and he goes, I like this guy. <laughs> like that. And I was like, right on. But yeah. And then it was almost like I had to be in comedy for a long time before I can use the equity that I learned in advertising for storytelling. Yeah. Almost like if you were a wrestler and then got into MMA, you had to learn a few years of MMA before you could apply the stuff from wrestling that you already had in your database, sure. you know? And then that, the difference between what you make and what you sell... Yeah, I, it, I think it's such a critical thing to think about for even even as comics, not just brands, but just like us as performers to be like, what am I selling? Like, what's the not every individual joke, which is what we tend to focus on, but like collectively, what am I what am I saying? Yeah. What am I about? And who do I connect with? It's interesting that you go into selling, like when it mm -hmm. comes to comedy, where my therapist told me told me to go into sharing. 
Mm, I like that. Yeah, his yeah. thing is just like because I put so much pressure on, it and he's like, just get up there and share your sense of humor. I like that. Like it because it, it, that puts less pressure on me. Yeah, you know, far as like trying to you know relax and be myself. I think I'm going to use that. Yeah, you're just sharing. That's all we're doing. It's, yeah, it's really nothing more than that. Hundred percent agree. It's nothing more than that. That yeah. way, it keeps the pressure off. Where you just I'm just sharing this thing that I think is funny, and you might think let's share it together. You know, yeah. like a pizza. You know. <laughs> 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 Nobody gets mad when you share a pizza. Yeah, you know? it's it's interesting. Like um, crowds, I'm fascinated by crowds. I'm fascinated. I'm really fascinated with the idea of the temperament of an of an audience. Yeah, and uh, like whenever they get like rowdy and mean or weird, like I, I always try to bring them back to a human level. And I've had some audiences lately where I'm just like, and I, I pull this whole thing, and I'm like, I'm like, dude. Like in Texas, it was really funny. I would pull my driver's license and I would go, I'm one of you. Like, stop. Aren't you rooting for me? Yeah, like, that's great. Like, I'm like 20 miles from here. That's like, great. I'm in New York. I'm with this big movie star. I go, I'm just, I'm doing this. I'm one of you and I'm doing this. And like, and I try to humanize myself to them. That's gorgeous. And I've done things similar to that in other ways. And just the idea of just being a human being or just be like, it's like, dude, aren't, don't you feel for me a little bit? Like, we're just, you know, why are you interrupting me? Like, don't, don't you see I'm trying to do this thing you know what i mean like that's such a great yeah, approach just try to try to bring it down to yeah. kind of almost not making them feel bad but making them recognize how they're making me feel yeah and then it like it creates a tone where usually they they shut up you know yeah and um because I'll say – instead of saying things like shut the fuck up, I'll say things like, dude, could you just be a little more respectful? Like think – it's interesting how certain words will yeah. have way more impact than an aggressive phrase. Sure. You know? So I don't know. I'm just always just like fascinated. I think you're totally right. Here's the weird – I don't even know – like the red pill, blue pill in, uh, with Keanu Reeves. What's that movie? The Matrix. <sighs> Matrix. Right? Like I think – all of us have what's red and blue to put together is it pink <laughs> whatever color that makes purple that i think we just live in a purple world yeah. like we, where we live in part partially fake and partially real sure and there was a time when my dad had cancer that it it came right to, i really noticed it i used to go to, with him to chemo because he'd go to chemo on friday so he could go to work on monday he was that kind of cat and so that friday night session for chemo was all older dudes yeah and i was like it's my job just to go in there and make them laugh. You know, yeah. my mom goes, you know, if there's stuff you want to talk to your dad about, I go, nah, comedy. I, I'm sorry. Cancer and stress are too closely associated. I don't want to bring up old shit with him. I just want him to be happy. And I'm just going to crack jokes. Sure. So I just crack jokes with these guys. And there's an old black man who goes, where are you guys from? He's like, you look like my nephew. And I go, I'm Egyptian. And he goes, Egypt. And he got excited, which is not something I was used to. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. And he was excited. because He's like, you're on my bucket list. He goes, if I beat cancer, I'm going to Egypt. And I'm like, that's really sweet. And it was really nice to have a guy who was like a fan of the country I came from instead sure. of just it, the demonized version of it. And then my dad passed. And this guy was like, he had another month in there and I knew his family lived on the East Coast and that they weren't with him ever. So I'm like, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go and hang out with him every Friday for the next four Fridays. He's a nice enough guy, whatever. So I went and was telling him jokes. And at the end of it, he goes, you know, you and your dad got me dizzy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, all my life, I've thought of myself as an African-American, as a black man. And when I saw another African-American in a room, I'd always acknowledge them. I'd give them a head nod because they understood the source of my greatest struggle. But then the source of my greatest struggle became cancer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just feel African-American. I felt like a cancer American. 
And when I became a cancer American, your dad became more like a brother and you became more like a son. He's all race faded away. And I was That's like, right. oh my, that was like taking the red pill or whatever. Yeah. Where the fakeness of race, where it's like the reason why we look the way we look is because of the, the weather that we were born into. Oh, yeah. That's it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. If, for him to say that he acknowledges me like kin because I understood the source of his greatest pain, just like I carry that with me every time. I'm on stage sometimes when things go wonky, and, and so I carry that with me. So instead of just reacting in anger, I stop and go, hey, like, like what you said, like, we're, we're the same, man. Yeah. Like, my message isn't even fuck racist when I talk about racism and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's more like racism is bullshit. We're all the same. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you, oh, fuck me. No, fuck you. Like, it's not, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the go-to. You know? That is the – because it feels good. That's that machismo shit that we all were exposed to. 100%, man. And you have to, like, let it go. And um, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. That was really nice. Oh, sure. And I think that's uh, – yeah, that's that's – I mean – you should run for president, man. I'm into it. <laughs> like you got, you have the message what we need. You oh, know? That's but really it's true. Sweet. But it's true. You know what I mean? Like we need to. We are all the same. And I, and I get mad when people don't treat me like that. Yeah. Like I get mad. Like I, it was so funny. I had, um, I was. It was funny in Yonkers. I did the Yonkers Comedy Club, and uh, they had this old picture of me on the poster. It was the older, the regular cowboy hat and stuff. And these bike, uh, this black couple had come in and. Uh, and they they didn't want to stay for the show because they just they saw my picture and they were like, oh this corny motherfucker, he on cowboy wow. and all this, and then like and then the, the manager was like, no you you have to stay like he's funny like don't you know so yeah. they they got up and then they set him back down and uh, and I didn't know anything about this I was I just you know this was after and so I just went on stage and I was just like and I and it's funny because I gravitate to black couples and stuff because I feel like they're the flavor of the room and I have fun with it sure and so especially if there's a lot of white people, like, you know, you, the bass is here, and then you play with that, and you kind of go back to the bass and where the flavor is. And we had fun, and I had a really good set, and I played with them. And then afterwards, they had told me, they had said, you know, we were trying to leave because we just thought you were going to be doing some country shit that we weren't going to be into. And yeah. you were so funny, and we're so glad we stayed. That's great. And it was just like, well, I was like, yeah, like – don't just judge it automatically. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you let it just see what happens. Yeah. You know? That's mean, the real power of comedy. Yeah. hundred percent. That I is think so, too. so rad. Yeah. It's one of the things. It's like, yeah, you just, you think you're not going to like something because you're conditioned not to. Yeah. But then you just, you know, open yourself to the art and yeah. open yourself to the person because we are all the same. We all have girlfriends. We all have family we don't get along with. We all smoke weed. We all, you know, it's like we're all kind of the same byproduct yeah you know we act like we're so different we're not yeah you know and that's i just saw this movie um burden which is a phenomenal movie and uh it's basically about you know the clan and white trash and all this stuff but it's like you know it's like these you know it's basically this white trash hating it's basically white poor hating black poor and then and then and then you know and then the uh, the the son of the preacher was talking about it. it's like it's like yeah it's like you know like nobody's better than anybody. Like they're, yeah. you know, like you're not just because you're white doesn't mean you're poor. Like yeah. what? Are you, what are you doing? Like you're so not. True. Like that doesn't give you any leverage over any of us. Yeah. You know. And I think it's like, I don't know. The movie was really good in that sense. It really made me remember that. You That's know? great, man. Yeah. It's so funny because I used to have this bit about where I talked about how we're all the same. And I'm like, like, look at Yeehaw is just white people a la Akbar. <laughs> 
No, that's a great. I watched a little bit of you online, and I was like, I oh, love that man. bit. That was great. I was like, yeah, that's so true. Do you know what's so, so funny? So true. Every time there's a dude in a cowboy hat in the audience, because mm-hmm. I do another thing, my guys in cowboy hats are like black dudes in hoodies. Like I'm like that guy's gonna do. And something then you have bad. one about the turban too, right? Yeah, about the turban, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's great, great. Every time there's been a dude with a cowboy hat on the audience, yeah. they've always come up to me and go, "I fucking love that joke. That's so funny." And yeah. I'm like, "Dude, I fucking have mad respect for you for getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and sure, knowing sure. that I meant it with like. That's a... because you're wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> come at me slow, bud. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, either way. Um, yeah, no, and I think that's that's one thing, um, you know, I uh, I, I kind of want to see more of your comedy. Uh, I haven't seen enough of it, but what I have seen was that particular bit, and I thought that was a really brilliant way to kind of like, you know, kind of tap into like extremism of who we are. You sure, know? yeah. And I Thanks, think that, because that's what that is, you know, it's yeah. like, it's just, we always just go a little too far as humans, you know yeah. what I mean? We take religion a little too far. We take drugs a little too far. Yeah. We take, you know, it's like, we take getting angry at something a little too far. We just, it's just always <laughs> 10 notches too much, Yeah. you know, and I think that's, that's, you know, like you could, like, like you and I are very similar in the sense that I feel like, we're very um, kind of eclectic in what we like, you know. Like, like I feel me and you go, we go to a country concert, and then right after we go to a reggae concert, hundred like, percent. You know what I mean? And like, and, and I feel I always feel more people should be like that. Yeah, I agree. and I always get mad when people don't like expose it all. I remember one time I was at the strip, and there was this white girl, and she was there, and I was playing ZZ Top, and she's like, "Oh, this white." Girl. I go, I go, come on, man, this is kind of a bridge. Totally, this is a bridge between the two. Like, give yeah. it a chance. Yeah, ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, for out I was like, I go, give it a chance. I yeah. go, it comes from this really black era of blues and then yeah. it kind of goes to this other thing I said just let it happen and so I always try I feel like yeah, you, know, you can't force it because you know sometimes you know a certain millennial generation is like okay whatever old man they're never gonna like you know yeah. you can't force music but but I feel like if people should give ch- a chance to, to certain kinds of art that maybe they're not familiar with Absolutely. You know, and especially in comedy and stuff, you know. My grandpa used to say, thoughts are like DNA. Yeah. If the only ones you mix with are the same, they're going to come out special needs. Nice. <laughs> He's like, that's why purebred dogs can barely walk. <laughs> He's like, you make sure your brain is a mutt. And I'm like, you're right, man. That's I get beautiful. that. I like having a muddy brain where I got... Willie Nelson and Misfits on the same, on the same. <laughs> no, that's why. I, yeah, I'm drawn to you too. I was this freaking guy. It was, yeah, but it's like that's yeah, that's how we all should be. We 100%. should all partake of everything. It's yeah. all here. Yeah, this is the. When it comes to that kind of stuff, it's like this is the best it's ever been. There's yeah. so much to choose from. You know what it is too. It's almost like when we don't think about that, yeah. I, I think we don't really appreciate where we are yeah like i was walking through the streets in new york the other day i, I lived in sweden for six years i went to college out there oh wow so Good i was with a Swedish. yeah great comedy yeah so i'm walking through the street with a swedish friend and and we're running to get to a show and as we're running by he grabs my arm and goes wait is that the empire state building and i go yeah and like almost like what's the big deal and then i forgot that he was swedish and, he, and i just like stopped and i didn't say anything and for like two minutes he just stood there staring at it and he looks at me and he goes you don't understand there's regular people and then there's famous people but what a lot of people don't know is there's regular cities and then there's famous cities sure he's all new york is the al pacino of cities <laughs> he's all i've seen that building ever since i was a little boy oh yeah because yeah. your tv shows and your movies were King all Kong, over europe yeah. exactly and it made me go god i gotta appreciate new york more i gotta walk around with my head up more often yeah and appreciate like the magic like this isn't just the capital of america it's the capital of the world in a lot of ways oh yeah 
it's we're so lucky to be here and be doing comedy here yeah um yeah so back to sweden real quick um sweden was interesting um because um we did the stockholm comedy festival oh cool it's it kind of short-lived but it was a pretty cool festival they flew us all down it was like me amy schumer and wow. berto vanderpool and colin kane and we had a good time and it was um they're not huge laugh or they're clappers you know? yeah so a lot of times unless they're drunk yeah yeah <laughs> then they laugh like like in hyenas yeah, the early shows <laughs> there was a lot of clapping yeah and, yeah late shows are a little more but uh, i enjoyed uh doing comedy there it was interesting though it was like yeah. they had uh you know the, the the breakup where you'd have like the intermission and all that stuff yeah very uk comedy yeah. tradition yeah. but yeah they're great people i mean there's a saying there like uh it's hard to become friends with a swede but once you do they're friends for life okay and there's a real truth to that like yeah. you get them to drink a little bit they're kind of like the, the japanese of white people okay like they need they're a little conservative during the day but once you get them to drink they turn into animals <laughs> all of a sudden they're like where's the vending machine i want panties and i'm like what you just karaoke <laughs> karaoke yeah i think we're gonna start bowing from now on yeah I, I think right? we're start, that's how we start greeting each other it's a great form of introduction i don't know why we I left kinda it like it i do too i like it i was trying to do it with tj he when i came on stage and he didn't know i was gonna do it we were i was trying to bow to him and he was trying to shake my hand it was this whole awkward thing but i think um yeah, with the lieu of the um, whatever's happening with this country right now. But, uh, you know, I don't want to say it too much because I want people to still come to live comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to keep bringing it up too much because uh, get out there, guys. We need you at the comedy shows. I actually and, think uh, small groups will improve your immune system. Yeah. It's big groups that are dangerous, but groups of 300 or less, I think. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. It's pretty much my cap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am doing the thing with Bargazzi. Uh, we're doing a bunch of, uh, you know, big theaters. And oh, stuff. that's great. You guys would be fun to see together. Yeah, it's funny. I have to be church clean. And You guys uh, used to live together, right? Yeah, we did. That's yeah, cool. For a church years. clean. I'd be church clean. Oh, he's clean. That's oh, he's right. so clean. He's like whistle clean. Wow. He's a clean, 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 clean. I keep forgetting because he's so good. That you don't he's even... so good. Good and offstage he's kind of a maniac, so you don't think about it. Not yeah. maniac in a bad way, but just like a regular guy. Sure. And uh, it's like, uh, yeah. So he was, and I think he's kind of nervous that I can't do it. And I was like, dude, it's a short set. I can pull oh, off church clean. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, it's like because the money's great. So yeah, I get. <laughs> that's great. That's how that's how I view comedy. People are like, can you be clean? I go, yeah, if the money's right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how you clean. Like, have you do a guest spot for clean? I was like, no, I'm not going to be clean for a guest spot. There's no way in hell. Yeah. But, I love how comics are the opposite yeah. of regular people. For regular people, it's like, can you be dirty? And they're like, depends on the money. For us, it's like, can you be clean? We're like, depends on the money. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it all boils down. <laughs> To the money, man. Great talking to you. This you too, fun. bro. Yeah, it was, it was like, really fun. Uh, you know, I I like this kind of you know loose, and you you did really well guiding me back and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Oh, thanks. But uh, so yeah, so you uh, what do you got coming up stand up wise? Are you um, kind of working in the city on the road? Like what's what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I'm you? trying to stay in the city. I okay. got uh, in a couple weeks. I'm doing Harvey's Comedy Club in Portland. Okay. And have you played there before? I have. Yeah, okay. I got really lucky. I actually won the Portland Comedy Festival. Oh, great! Last year, you won a bunch of those things yeah dude i do really well <laughs> you won the, we people, won the uh, world series i won the world series <laughs> I, I got best of fest I, I won the edinburgh fringe best new international act right. over two years of few, what was that did you do like ago. a one-man show or no it was uh it was a competition for uh new international performer under two years so as far as new comics 
from outside of England. Okay. And uh, and I, I did well, and I ended up getting management in the UK before I got management in America. Oh, wow. And stayed in London for almost four years total. Get that Bill Hicks route. Yeah. And Patrice, too, for a little bit. A little he was bit, out yeah. there, yeah. And it was a tri- it's good and it's bad. Like, one of my friends is like, dude, if you would have just sat still, you might be farther along in your career. I go the business side. Yeah. But on the art side, I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that sure. I've been exposed to comedy in Europe and and then I did military tours and, and, sure. and comedy in the Middle East and com- you know comedy all around. And and now I feel like, yeah, even though my base isn't, you know, one straight up tower, I feel like I'm more like a pyramid, you know, qu- perfectly, <laughs> coincidentally, that I'm, I'm, <laughs> so it's taken me longer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's taken me longer to get my name out there, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't change a thing. Well, me too. I think we're a very similar boat when like that, where it's just like, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. It's like, like when I was on the road this weekend, I think people were surprised that I was good, and I was <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you've been doing comedy no, no, a long no, but, time. No, well, yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying, like as an opener or whatever. Like they're oh, surprised. They're saying. surprised that I was good, yeah. because you know usually they associate. You know the opening act or whatever is not being good. Yeah. You know because it's a guy that's a local. It doesn't know. You know barely knows how to hold the microphone. You know whatever. Yeah. So it's like you know. But and then people like came at me a lot online and like, oh, you're so great. We're following you now. That's I didn't know great. who you were and whatever. So yeah, no, it's definitely a good thing working with some of these guys because it's like I, you know, they're they're sharing their audiences with me, and so then you get like a more. But but that's the thing. It I would. But I love that when people don't see you coming and yeah. then it's like well, I mean, there's nothing better than being in a club and there's a guy on guitar and you're like look listen to this guy like exactly like that's you know th- that's the beauty of kind of a great experience with an artist 100 like, is when they blow you away yeah. so it's like i'd rather have that than you know just being pretty good up top and getting a couple of things and then you yeah. know fading out whereas like i feel like i'm i i don't know i've never lost that thing and that's what i like about you where i think you're similar where it's just like like there's never any like bitterness to this. Like I'm just like, like I I respect you know it's like I relish the fact that I'm good. So it's like, you know I, that's really all I can do. Yeah. I can't control all the other things. Yeah, I can I can be a little more disciplined. You know what I mean? I can get those tapes together. I can get the videos and the the things up online and you know things that maybe I put off a little bit sure. because I'm just want to just do stand up. But I think. Um, but as long as I'm good, that's really all I can control. Yeah. You know? I so. think it's funny. There's a guy who said something to me that has always stuck with me. He goes, there's a lot of people in this game who give up without giving up. He's like, they still do comedy, so they think they've never given up, but their heart's gone. Oh, yeah. They're not writing. They're not writing. They don't care. They're bitter. Yeah. And, and, dude, I get bitter. I, I get bitter a lot. And, <laughs> and I have to work to not be You're bitter. You're so good at not making uh, me feel that though thank you i'm glad because i'm not i mean i i was I, in the clubs you don't have it i i and i try really hard not to you know what i mean like i, I mean of course there's times where i get upset but it, i get right back on my tracks i'm good yeah. like be, this is the only time i'll quote beyonce <laughs> she goes when something goes wrong feel it for 24 hours and then let it go nice and that's what i do i let it go like yeah. the same guy i told him i go oh, i'm really bummed i'm not getting these opportunities with jfl and he goes let me ask you something are you happy with the comedy that you've written this year and I go, yeah. He goes, then shut the fuck up. Yeah. He says, you pay attention to the art. That's your North sure. Star. The business will find you. Yeah. He says, sometimes when people are watching other people eat hamburger, 
they get nervous that their steak's never going to be ready. Hilarious. He's like, you might be waiting for steak. He's like, so yeah. don't question it. Stanhope never got JFL. Exactly. Like, there's so many great people. There's yeah. so many great people. Actually, most of the people I really admire didn't get yeah. JFL. You know, so it was like this thing where I'm like, I just got, I want to love what I do, and that's that's great. If I'm paying bills and I'm able to do what I love and I'm able to be that patchy furred wolf <laughs> and stay <laughs> wild. So we I'm call happy. a callback, kids, right there. <laughs> <laughs> the patchy wolf. <laughs> the patchy wolf. Uh, Tamara Catan. Yes, uh, great working with you today. Um, you too, brother. This podcast was a lot of fun. And uh, let us, where can we find you online and stuff? You got any? Uh, Instagram is the best place. Tamara Cat. So it looks like Tamer. T-A-M-E-R-K-A-T. Okay. And then my website's great for upcoming events and shows, and that's TamaraCatan.com. And do you have a podcast or anything? Uh, I do. I had a podcast with my mom, but now I'm in New York, so I have to come up with a new one. It, it's called They Tried to Bury Us, okay. where every episode was another is an uh, American origin stories from immigrants. Oh, wow. And my mom's the best. She's, she, like, got more fans than I did. But that's still up and still really active. You can and, still Skype her, maybe. Just, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I, yeah. I, what I'm doing right now is I'm setting up my, my home studio there you go. so I can figure something out with my mom because it's, it's also kills two birds with one stone. It gets me an opportunity to hang out with my mom, and she's got so much wisdom from... Oh, deal with my dad and and you know being married to a muslim man in, a, in an environment where people literally wanted to kill him so yeah. she's just i think people freak out too when they hear this woman with a thick accent saying have sex before you get married <laughs> <laughs> she's the best i'm so lucky well, i hope you get that going again that just sounds amazing i will, uh, I will. very cool um they get right this is our uh, first show back um you know i had some personal things i was dealing with my dad passed and had to deal with a lot of those demons and uh you know it was yeah it was funny because he um like he and i it took a long time for us to get on the same page with my stand-up mm. and then he finally came around and you know before he was diagnosed and stuff with the brain cancer stuff and so it was uh it was nice that he came around that's know, really it great. took a long time because we, we actually fought for many years over jokes and things i did about my dad growing wow. up. so so it was like he finally you know he you know what the funny thing is is like you know most kids like <laughs> my dad you know like get a real job my dad wanted me to be a painter like a like a <laughs> fine arts painter like because oh, wow. i'm good at it and so he would rather that's that's how bad stand-up is people would rather you be <laughs> Painter. My dad would rather me be a painter That's than amazing. a stand-up comedian. That's how rough this thing is. That people wow. see it being rough. Yeah. That they would rather me just be home trying to sell a painting. You know, like yeah, like that's easy. Like get out of here. So, <laughs> so funny. So uh, so anyway. So thanks for being patient. Um, it was great to be back. And uh, Tamara is a great guest and a lot of fun. Thanks. So uh, you yeah. too. Congrats on everything. You're doing great things. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, go to my website, DustinChafin.com. You can see my tour dates there. One F. One F. Yeah, don't do two. <laughs> yeah, it, became, it was a situation downstairs. Uh, he, I, I made him James, that, and he made me two Fs. So it was the whole thing. Um, so please uh, go to my website. And also, if you're interested in comedy coaching, you can go to my Facebook page, comedycoach.com. And I'm not a scammer. I know how to do this. Uh, I passed all the clubs in Manhattan, and uh, including that one that's close to my other club. Uh, come down, and uh, I won't teach you anything. I will just guide you in the right way and help you kind of find your own funny and help you really just be yourself on stage that's really what i focus on because when i started out in comedy it was all about we had older comics and looking out for us 
Yeah. And that's all this experience is when I coach with people. It's just like sometimes you just need older comic just yeah. to kind of bounce it off. And totally. so, so that's really all I'm doing. I'm not trying to – I've never taught a class in my life. It's just a one-on-one -on -one experience. If you're interested, please go to uh, the Outlaw Comedy Coaching uh, on Facebook and check that out. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully you keep listening. And please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. And thank you for listening to I'll Leave You With This. Bye-bye. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.